Welcome to Telly.Click, the podcast where Mike Ward, the Daily Stars TV critic, and me, Simon Hoban from BBC Radio, look ahead to the week's telly. It's episode three, and we start on Monday, November the 27th, Mike. What a day. Is Martin it? Lewis Money Show. The Martin Lewis Money Show is, is the ITV consumer thing. Uh, we talked about this last week. He did a one-off live thing. But now we go back to the regular pre-recorded half-hour Monday night slot. Yeah. I, I, get, I don't know about you. I, I think I've mentioned this before. I get his, uh, I get his email. I, I don't do? get yeah. his, his actual email. <laughs> I mean, I get the email he sends out, like mm. a newsletter. The group uh, email to millions. Yes, telling us how we can, uh, if we do this, we can save money on our gas bill. Yeah. Do you think stuff. it can get a bit obsessive trying to save money like that, though? Yes, I, I mean I'm, I'm not I'm not good with money. I, I tend to have what I think, in a way, is is a kind of slapdash, but also healthy approach to money, which is that it's there's a lot of it is kind of swings and roundabouts. My dad used to drive around to a petrol stations to, to get the cheapest petrol. <laughs> yeah. and I'm thinking, how much petrol are you using? Just using petrol. And how much time are you using? And how much stress are you putting yourself under for, to save a few pence? But apparently, in in tonight's program. Uh, we meet a pair of people who who end up tens of thousands of pounds, six-figure sum is actually what they say, six-figure sum, better off, thanks wow. to one of his tips. I don't know what it is, by the way, but thanks to one of his tips. What do you think that might be? I mean, I I'm, wonder, what would what would Martin Lewis tell you to do that you hadn't thought of? I can only assume it's it maybe somebody who owns a, a home with lots of rooms and they've changed heating supply. Is it the Queen? Has she switched? <laughs> yeah, the Queen many. switched? It could be, yes. If it's yes, if you're spending money heating every single room yeah. in your in Buckingham Palace, That's then it. you probably could save that over the course of a year if you switched uh, uh, <laughs> energy supplies. Or it could be a PPI thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Still getting calls on that. Every time I hear the expression PPI, it sounds to me like conjunctivitis. <laughs> Have I got PPI, Doctor? Yeah. Well, it's a little bit, little bit watery and a bit pussy. I, I think that about... There's a, there's a programme on the radio called Crossing Continents. Like a kind Cross of... Crossing Continents. Yeah. Oh, not again. Not again. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would be annoying. It would. Um, and we've also got Super Shoppers. Um, so there's more consumer stuff on yeah. Channel 4 tonight, um, 8.30. Anna Richardson... Um, uh, she's the one who does the Naked program, I think. You know, the one where oh, the yeah. Naked dating show. They're, they're comparing, finally, at last, a consumer program is answering the question that need, needed answering. The big one, what's that? Which is, why does one brand of uh, face wipes cost about 30 times the other one? No, eight, not 30. Oh, eight. OK. Are these face wipes that are kind just, of... just plucking numbers you're, out of thin air? Making them up. But, but she gets a bunch of um, uh, women to t- try out these face wipes to remove their makeup. One is costs a pound for 20. No, pound for 24. Yeah. And the other one costs £6.99 for 20. Um, and they test other things as well. Comparison websites. And there's one presenter, the other presenter, actually says at one point, we need a comparison website to compare the comparison websites. We need a compare the compare the market. Well, that sort of thing, yeah. Yes, because it's you know you can go on one and it gives you a whole of different comparisons, yeah. and then it give, go on another it gives you a whole set of different comparisons. What seem to be the same companies, and, and well, and, some of the companies make a point of not being part of that, and they sell themselves on that. So because you're paying for, for the fact that they have to pay a commission to yeah, the site, to, and they trumpet that and say, "Hey, come to us direct because it will be cheaper." It's mm. all very confusing. Should we talk about Paul Hollywood? Yeah, oh yeah, in the news. Is he in the news? The Great British Breakup. Oh, what's happened? Sorry, I missed this. What's he's uh, he's I, divorced, hasn't he? He's, oh, okay. he's splitting up. From his wife. Oh, is that all? Oh, <laughs> Does that not qualify as news these days? I thought he'd been kicked out of I'm a Celebrity and get me out of here, but then he's not in it. Uh, Paul Hollywood, A Baker's Life, because he's now he's gone with the production company that made Bake Off and he's gone to Channel 4 and he's the 
one remaining person. I'm guessing part of the deal is that he gets his own spin-off show, which is what we've got now, mm. new four-part thing, which is telling his, you know, the story of how he became a baker, partly, and the, you know, inherited the family thing, and also how he likes to bake things. things. And, but it's, it's 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 a sort of entertaining hodgepodge of stuff because there's behind the scenes clips from the last series of the Bake Off. There's a there's a bit I think oh, I haven't seen the whole thing where they show his old um, a screen test for, for Bake Off. Um, if you want to, <laughs> who see... else went for it? I wonder. Oh, that's interesting. Who else would have gone for it? I mean, the, the screen test implies there were other candidates. Yeah, so there must have been others in the mix. And I suspect you know because he wasn't particularly well in my world at least he wasn't particularly well known before Bake Off. You know, he was by no means a, a a shoe-in or a shoe pastry in, was he? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> it wasn't good at all. Don't, don't tell me it was good. It I was like awful. a pun sometimes. Do you? That wasn't an obvious one. It was a good pun. No, it was actually one of those things where I, I, it, my brain was sort of thinking, I'm just about to say shoe. You didn't filter it. Without realising, I'd said <laughs> shoe. Uh, Paul Hollywood, Baker's Life, 8 o'clock, Channel 4. So we're now on Tuesday, November the 28th, and we were talking about consumer shows being all over the place. Yeah. And what's interesting is that today, tonight I should say, there's a new three-part consumer show starting on ITV. <laughs> and it's called How to Spend It Well at Christmas with Philip Schofield. <laughs> this is, these programmes are getting longer and longer. Programme t- everything else is getting shorter and snappier based on the fact that we have low attention spans these days. Mm. I mean, Programme titles just getting longer and clumsier and more wordy. Yeah. Also, I wouldn't really rely on Scofe to, to give me the gen on how to spend it well at Christmas. He's not I, the first person you go to. He's, he's not. He's not my go-to Christmas spend guy. And it's a strange thing, isn't it? Because we have the guy who... ITV have the guy who tells you how it is with the money and the spending. You've got Martin Lewis. We talked about him already. Yeah. Uh, and you think, well, you're really saying Martin Lewis isn't really very entertaining. So we're doing an, uh, an entertaining consumer show with Philip Schofield and some celebrities testing stuff. So Jonathan Ross comes on and tests things and I know Stacey Solomon I think in a later episode we've got Jenny Agata obviously Jenny yeah. Agata tests Christmas hampers <laughs> programme in itself yeah so it's it's sort of let's have a bit of fun. So each week is got is going to have a different theme. This first one's toys. So uh, Jonathan Ross talks about this stuff, including the fact that uh, an animatronic unicorn, uh, which are hugely in demand, it's the, I think it's one of the in demand toys this year. Mm-hmm. There are people who are prepared to spend to get their hands on one up to three and a half thousand pounds. Wow. That's Probably a get a real lot. unicorn cheaper. You, yes, absolutely. I mean, you, this sounds like a bit of a, an excuse for nostalgia, really, is it? To so go down Christmas, memory lane. Just about everything, to, Christmas TV-wise, is sort of nostalgia, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Either either because it's a nostalgic program or it's a program that's on because we expect it to be on. You know, even Top of the Pops is on at Christmas. Right. Still, you know, yeah. we still have Christmas Day and New Year's Day Top of the Pops, even though the program itself is, is you know, long dead. And then, obviously, we have the nostalgia with the, you know, we have to have Doctor Who, we have to have Call the Midwife. Here's here's one. Which year do you reckon was the very first Christmas Doctor Who episode? Oh, I'm going to say a 1984 with Peter Davison. No, it wasn't. You see, I'd have guessed something like that. It's actually the very first year Doctor Who was on, which I think was 1963. Oh, right. They had a Christmas Day episode, and, and then they didn't do one for another 30-odd years or so <laughs> after that. So obviously it didn't go down too well. But, did, um, it, did it have, like, you know, Daleks with tinsel on? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. A little bauble on the end of the I the haven't watched there. it, so let's pretend it has, and nobody, <laughs> nobody will... Actually, no, to be honest, if, if, there, if there is a... Yeah. But if there were... 
they'd be on to us, wouldn't they? Because they're very, very particular about getting Well, yeah, even right. even when you diss one of the buddies, which you'd think it'd be fine, yeah. they're on to you. God. So how to spend it well at Christmas, anyway, nothing to do with that. But, so, but yeah, there's a lot of nostalgia. So there will be a talking about, the, the you know, the popular toys of years gone by. Yeah. Uh, cabbage Patch Dolls. Gosh, yeah. What else fitted into that category? There was uh, the Toy Story toy. Remember that one? Oh, yes. Um, Buzz was, Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear. That was the big one people were queuing and the, for. You know, and there's always that sort of panic buying, isn't there? And there's a shortage, you know. Yeah. Is that all created? Is that all fake? Do you think all that? I think there is a bit of supply side trickery goes on. Yeah, yeah, there's an expression, isn't there? And you you nearly sort of said it, and then you fell apart with the word by having to settle for trickery <laughs> at the end of it. But there is an expression, isn't there? I'm sh- well, I'm sure if you worked in marketing and sales and commercial yeah. things and had you know, selling, I'm sure they must sit around and say, okay. Well, it's hype, really, isn't it? It's well, just it is creating ultimately it's hype. Cre- it's creating. It's only a... the same as you know, getting a new mobile phone or whatever, isn't it? All of the not, not quite enough. Well, last year Nintendo were accused of this. They brought out a retro um, console, mm. and there was a feeling that they deliberately didn't make enough in yeah. order to you know make them more prized, and it became a news story. The fact that there weren't enough. Well, because it, yeah, because so. you sort of think, well, if they made enough, surely they'd sell more than if they didn't make enough. Mm. But then. Long term, that wouldn't be a news story. Exactly. So you create a shortage, which then becomes something that you can get publicity from. And maybe so the long they, term, you're probably still selling more. They've probably, yeah, exactly. They've probably done the numbers and worked out that that publicity outweighs, you know, the short term game yeah, of just selling a few I, more. I can't believe that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, doctors. Channel 4 doing this is a, um, we're talking about a new program here, just in case you think I'm just randomly shouting professions. <laughs> Channel 4 are going a bit roboty at the moment. They're doing yeah. a number of programs about robots and the uh, increasing role they're playing in our lives. One of which is tonight, we're still on Tuesday, November the 28th. The robot will see you now. Oh, yeah. 10 o'clock. That being sort of as if to say, rather than the doctor will see you now. Well, I'm all for this. Oh, are you? Okay, go on. Because I'm convinced that a robot will be able to diagnose you better than any GP, human GP, ever could. True. Well, it depends on the context. I mean, if you're if you're sort of just doing it over your phone, if you're sort of actually physically in a room yeah. and you have a doctor, a, a human doctor, or a specialist robot doctor, then I guess the robot is, you know. We'll tell it as it is. Well, also, Robots are like that, aren't they? They don't, they, very they don't sort of beat about the bush. Very blunt, aren't they? But what's interesting about this is it's talking about things that aren't necessarily physical. Mm. So what about marriage issues, personal <laughs> problems, emotional things? Yeah. How's the robot going to deal with that? Pull yourself together. Or something <laughs> yeah. like that. It's just, robots, you know, it's just got. I don't. I don't see robots as being particularly empathetic. Well, this is the big debate: can they develop consciences and do we want them to? morality? And we might just might as well just give up. They'll take over. They'll be the master race. Yeah, well, it'll be fine. Maybe that's what we need to shake things up a bit. <laughs> There's a program. I actually haven't put it on the list, and I can't remember what it is. But one of these Channel Four programs is is, is a guy creating um, robots and saying, you know, wanting them to be conscious. Well, wanted wanted to be more human like, and mm. and because at the moment we're we, we're wary of them because they look, he says, uh, you know, they look stiff and stiff and like they're, they're dead, really. Yeah, yeah, they don't look life. Uh, and I'm thinking, no, I don't want that. I want us to be wary of them. I think the most important thing is to be wary of them. Yeah, and I, I think th- once you stop being wary of them, no, well, true, like, or or human beings. I think we definitely need to have the conversations now about wh- where we want Wariness. them to, to go because once they start to, once we give them the ability to to learn and fix themselves and get better, then yeah. the genie's out the bottle, isn't it? So we need to do all this now before... We do. We need to have conversations about, yeah, while, while we're still in control. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, why, why, we, why we, we're, you know, using technology rather than technology exactly. using us. Yeah, yeah. 
Although one might argue that's already gone the other way anyway, without us really being aware of it. What time's Philip Schofield on? Eight o'clock. ITV? Yeah. Wednesday the 29th of November, Mike. Yeah, Peaky Blinders, which I think I've talked about in the in the last podcast, which I'm really getting into um, in a strange way because it's not really my type of thing, sort of 1920s uh, gangster drama. But one thing I was, uh, I'm particularly conscious of that hadn't really occurred to me before is how the violence, certainly in this one, is very, very creative and inventive. Yeah. Every episode has at least one scene that's like the violent scene of the week. Mm. Yeah, they don't actually sort of build it like that, but that's you know their big sort of centerpiece violence moment. Mm. <laughs> and every week, it's as if the writer has, has, or writing team, producers, whatever, have sat down and thought, right, okay, how can we do this? And there's always something clever and oh, sick and twisted. Well, not sick, but you know, sickening, mm. but different. So paint and scones in in this latest one. Is it Both... sort of like, you know itchy and scratchy show? <laughs> yes, exactly that. That's exactly the analogy I wasn't looking for. Um, so I, I'm not re- really at liberty to say much more than that. But what I would say is that the creative and very violent use of some, use of some red paint is a key factor. In Death this by case. emulsion. What a way to go. Kind of like that. But in the scones thing, scones isn't a dead dead thing, but it's quite a violent use of scones. And I think, as I might have said before, I think what I quite like is the, the creative use of the music as well. Yeah, yeah. The juxtaposition of the sort of 1920s thing and the modern music. Uh, sort of works. It's like watching a very violent extended music video. It's not like the start of Casualty, is it, where they're up a stepladder and you know that it's coming in the first five <laughs> oh, minutes. No, I love those things in Casualty. You, just, <laughs> you have to sort of, ideally, if you, if you can, pause it, watch the first 30 seconds of a Casualty episode, yeah. pause it, and then you have to do kind of like a sweepstake with all <laughs> yeah. the people in the room. Yeah. As to, How do you think? How do you think? It's not very... Normally it's impaling, but is not it? always. Yeah, it's normally impaling <laughs> on some car, park railings. Yeah. yeah, or a stepladder fall. Yeah. To me, in my head, Casualty nearly always starts with some very mundane, everyday domestic scenario that looks completely innocent and harmless. You know, somebody exactly. making a cup of tea, but there's just one little telltale sign yeah. in that scene, like yeah. that kettle's just slightly too near exactly. the edge. Yeah, like they'll be a, they'll close up of the toaster. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I know. Yeah, because they spell it out to you, don't they? Like this little neon arrow on the screen, say, <laughs> yeah. "Watch this." Like, this is the thing that's going to yes. you know, cause the accident. <laughs> yeah. The death klaxon. They don't do that in Peaky Blinders. It's more subtle than that. Good. Also. To Tonight, Wednesday, November the 29th, Wallace, the queen that never was. This is not as in Wallace and Gromit. This is Wallace Simpson, who yeah. uh, Wallace, well, Wallace is in Wallace and Gromit, wasn't queen either. But this is the uh, uh, Channel 5 docudrama uh, about Wallace Simpson, who, of course, uh, famously uh, was the woman who um, Edward VIII... Ran off with, yeah. Uh, Had an affair yeah, with. abdicated Four. so that he could marry. Twice divorced American socialite. That's right. Um and it's telling a different version of events from what from the one that most people assume to have been the case, mm. suggesting that rather than her be, being the sort of disruptive influence that that sort of threatened the monarchy and all that sort of thing, she actually uh, her first marriage was a very violent and abusive, so she very bravely, this is their version of it, very bravely um, divorced, and then which is sort of kind of not even, not the done thing even with a violent. Husband in those days, it seemed, apparently. The second was kind of largely destroyed, it seems, by Edward's... The affair that she had with Edward, and Edward effectively telling her second husband to divorce her so that he could marry her because he wanted her from... And he was just very desperate and needy. And when she realised that he would be, um, you know, abdicating and the monarchy would be under threat, she said, no, we we must stop, this must end. And uh, he insisted, and uh, that's the story. That's the version of events that this docudrama 
the one thing that's interesting about this thing is it's 90 minutes long. It's quite, it's sort of quite bad. It's 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 a documentary in the sense that it's got talking heads popping up every so every so often. You know, royal experts uh, of one persuasion or mm. another saying, "Well, this is actually what things were really like," and blah blah blah. And then every so often, it then switches to a dramatization with people playing the key characters in a way that you think, "Oh, I'm glad that is. I'm glad they've got the documentary element because this would be unwatchable if it was just a drama." Mm-hmm. It was just, it was sort of kind of corny and mm. and sort of cheesy and yeah some of the, in, the the intercut scenes aren't any good yeah in in a way Badly it's acting. a sort of it's a sort of not brilliant documentary and a, a pretty poor sort of almost like daytime yeah. made for TV type. <laughs> I love it when a channel like really tries to do something like the Napoleonic Wars or yeah. you know, yeah. it's kind of like fifty p explosions going off you yeah know? but and they'll do a sort of two minute scene and then that kind of they run out of steam so they switch to some ex, some yes. real life expert talking <laughs> yeah, exactly. and then they'll pick it up again it's sort of quite interesting but um, I watched about I, I, it 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 just about passed my twenty minute test the test yes. where I watched something for twenty minutes and and I got the picture at that point in fact yeah. it was I was watching it the other day and uh, it was I was making my breakfast while I was watching my preview of this and uh, it kept switching between the sort of talking head saying well, this is what Edward thought and this is what Edward did blah 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 and I just I actually shouted out loud uh, right that'll do <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've seen enough that's enough now um, I talk to myself quite a lot when Click. I'm watching things so um, Wallace the Queen that never was that's 9 o'clock channel 5 I've really sold that to you now haven't I? I'm yeah, there yeah. Thursday, November the 30th, and um, I have to come back to the robot thing again because there's another robot thing wow. on Channel 4 tonight. And it's called The Sex Robots Are Coming. And it's basically... <laughs> what are you laughing at? Well... I, I was hoping we'd be better than that, but we're not. No, we're pretty good. low. Uh, yeah. yeah, in America, there's at least one company that's working on taking the sort of, effectively, the uh, traditional sex doll and, and using... Uh, artificial intelligence and uh, robotness to turn them into something altogether more interactive. It's always the first thing to happen, isn't it? The sex thing. Yeah. It's it's where the money goes first. Yeah. Because it happened with the internet. (laughs) It's why they're doing driverless cars, so you don't have to worry about driving, (laughs) apparently. Uh, Yeah, with the internet. But this, and it's a strange thing, this, because it features two things prominently. The actual guys running the company, who, who are quite sort of just look like sort of standard geeks, uh, who, who might just as well be creating a new type of vacuum cleaner. Yeah. And then we meet a guy, a 58-year-old engineer, James. This is in Atlanta in Georgia, um, who has three standard sex dolls already in his possession. His wife had to um, leave him for a while, about a year ago, to go and look after a sick, poorly mm-hmm. mother. Right. And during that time, he bought three of these life-size dolls at £2,000-ish a piece um and he he talks about how it's not just the sex relation sexual relationship it's about all ordinary everyday things like he says you end up finding more pleasure in the long run simply caring for them putting on their makeup addressing them interacting with them they just look like sort of mannequins that you know those yeah. mannequins that you feel wandering around slightly in a daze like uh, like a clothes store and you know you sometimes bump into one and you apologize and then you realize it's a it's a it's a mannequin <laughs> and before you know it, you're having sex with it yeah in I the middle of the store in, in, yeah and they don't like that do no. they oh they get very oh, security wow talk about jobs worth mm. oh, this guy's got three of these but uh, and he shows us he, he t- I don't want to go into too much detail because I know there are... Well, is there anyone listening? Who knows? He takes one into the bedroom and uh, takes its clothes off and shows us what it can do. I don't, I don't mean he actually uses it or demonstrates, right, but right. He, he 
he, he shows us what how you know how, how it's made, shall we say? Yeah, that, you, I mean how it replicates the act is quite yeah, he can do that. And then you know we hear about what these new runs, what they're hoping they're ultimately going to be able to do. Um, they offer all sorts of things, and he gets to meet one. Uh, they let the company lets him meet a prototype just for a face-to-face, fully clothed chat on the sofa. So nothing more than that. But uh, and his wife is sort of back now, so she's happy for him. Well, happy. She's accepting that he's still living with these sex dolls, right. and they will ultimately spend eight thousand pounds on one of these brand new robotic ones. And the guys are sort of saying, well, you know, that's the future. And um, but it will. It's a bit like the driverless car thing because there are sorts of lots of moral things, and it's not just about you know the sort of sadness as as might be perceived of it you know there is the whole you know, if you have it in the context of a marriage mm. which he has yeah where does how does she feel about I mean that? you know we talk about the third person in the relationship yeah it's a very strange thing to, to have it i mean to be to be binned off for a robot that, i mean maybe maybe marriages everyone's different where it's sort it of could helpful help. Yeah, it where it takes the pressure off if somebody isn't particularly interested in yeah. in, in that side of things. But yeah, you know, oh, what happens when all the little baby robots come along? I'm too tired, darling. Go and see Alexa. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Alexa doesn't do that. Just, just oh gosh, she's just hello. Are you gonna, sorry, she just lit up when I said Alexa. Hi there. Oh, we could ask. No, I'm not going to ask that. Okay, I'm not going to ask her any questions like that because it'll <laughs> uh, it'll be on my database. It will be on that. <laughs> Just think, sure, this and is... in any future, if there's any future inquiries, yes, uh, uh, yes, and your Alexa, and next go on, go on to buy a uh, order a book from Kindle or whatever. You'll say <laughs> yeah. you may be interested in <laughs> yeah. this. Would you based like on what you asked Alexa know, last this Thursday? Is the <laughs> dangerous world, isn't Don't it? Don't do that. So uh, anyway, that's that's the only program I really want to talk about for Thursday, November the thirtieth. But I'm going to say the title again because I know how much it amuses you. The sex robots are coming. Ten o'clock, Channel Four. Titter. Sat navs. Do you use a sat nav? Uh, I now use my phone as as the sat nav. Ah, yeah. There you go. You have actually summed up exactly why the Gadget Show is talking about sat-navs tonight. Channel 5, 7 o'clock, as it is every week. Yep. <clears throat> um, because sat-navs are an example of technology that's come along and disappeared. A bit like the CD, not, not the CD, because it hasn't disappeared, but you know what I mean? Sort of things come along and they're hailed as the, the future. Yeah. But the future is the past very quickly these yeah. days, isn't it? I mean, phones are just incorporating it all, aren't they, more and more? Yeah. So the the, the point being that even sort of big electrical retailers who would routinely dock sat-navs not so long ago have stopped, in many cases, stopped selling them mm. because people just rely on the phones. Although there is this, it's not this issue about the, 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 the legality of actually interacting with your phone while you're driving yeah. that doesn't necessarily apply with sat-navs, something like that. Although you have, I've seen, you know, there have been instances where terrible things happen when people changing their cassettes, yeah. you know. So, you know, anything that distracts you while you're driving is a bad thing. But mm. I, I think most drivers... Have they been trying to spool the tape back in with a pencil? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Difficult when you're driving. Most drivers have allowed themselves at some point or other to be distracted and probably still do. I still still pe- I still see people actually physically picking up their phones yeah, yeah. while they're driving. But with SatNav now on the phone, you can usually do it voice activated, can't yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, this is, the, this is one of the great things about voice activation, if it works... Yeah. Um, if you can, if you can make voice activation as as easy and seamless and effortless, um, then it's the answer, isn't mm. it? But my concern is that when you're driving somewhere, 
a lot of the time you're driving to a place with a name that isn't sort of necessarily going to be in a, in a standard vocabulary. Yeah, that's true. Have you and ever then, tried uh, sending a text via voice recognition? Oh, <laughs> yes, I oh. sometimes do that with my watch. And yeah. it's, before I've known what I've done, it's sent a text saying something completely wrong. I know. Have you done that? Have any and then you say delete, and actually it types the word delete. Or I've, put, or I've said full stop, because I've not worked out yet how it knows that it's the end of a sentence. So I say no. full stop. Sometimes it puts it in, other times it'll write full stop. Yes, I know. I use voice technology, voice recognition a lot. Uh, often instead of typing, if I'm writing a lot of stuff, yeah, and it's actually pretty. It's pretty good on, very good in fact, on a standard computer. But when you're using it out and about, and you're relying on your phone, mm-hmm. it's very easy to get it wrong and to get frustrated in correcting it on, on, you know, even on a modern mobile phone, the keyboard is not the sort of keyboard you'd ideally want to be no. typing on. No, and then it becomes quite stressful. It does, and you, and you start to shout, and you wonder. Then it doesn't recognise you because you're shouting. Yes. <laughs> Um, so they're talking about that, and they're going around. Um, uh, where they're going around? Uh, Birmingham, because the gadget show comes from Birmingham, mm-hmm. and they're talking about uh, how to get out of the rush hour using the, the various different ops uh, apps. I might as well say I, I use one called Waze. W A Z. Oh, I use Waze. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. It seems pretty good. It's very good when I'm driving along because it, it it's very up to the minute in terms of stuff up ahead. It so does, it'll say it does. there's something parked on the hard shoulder, you know, 200 yards ahead. Yeah. And, the, and there it is. is. I know. And it up to, updates everything sort of traffic-wise. It talks to you quite well. Yeah. And it can you can set it, I think you can set it to automatically send an uh, estimated time of arrival to whoever it is you're oh, going to, to see. Well, that is good. That's good, isn't Didn't it? Didn't know about that feature. Also tonight, um, we talked about Gregory Porter's uh, Popular Voices last week, which gave you an opportunity to have a bit of a rant mm. about uh, crooners. Yeah, big band. Yeah. <laughs> This week, he's talking about uh, people who actually don't necessarily sing. <laughs> Think of the word. <laughs> people who some might say can't sing. Bob Dylan. Okay, Bob Dylan went on the X Factor. Oh, Would yeah, he get yeah. past the audition yeah. stage just doing some singing? I see what you mean, yeah. Or others, Leonard Cohen. So, yes, so, a suggestion. Singers who aren't noted for their vocal talents. Yeah, singers yeah. Who, who, who are distinctive but aren't necessarily conventionally great. Yeah, yeah. I quite like that myself. I know we differ, our, our musical tastes differ, but I, I sort of w- would be okay with that. And mm. you just think, wow, if the whole world was done by, you know, the, the music industry had been controlled by the likes of Simon Cowell from you know the 1950s, 60s onwards, we'd have just, we'd have a lot of very technically good average sort of uninspiring <laughs> singers and yeah. nobody doing anything kind of... Uh, the voice doesn't bother me, actually, with no, Bob Dylan. No, it doesn't bother me, but funny enough. what does bother me is that he takes ten verses to say what he can say in two. <laughs> he, needs to, he needs to be edited. Yeah. Heavily edited. Oh, who knows? He may actually be heavily edited. He may... Every song may go on for weeks. <laughs> and Leonard and we Cohen's just... the same. I mean, hallelujah. Yeah, that, that's is got, what that's most got, people say. got about the... 18 verses, something like that. I know. Or more than that. I mean, that's what I say at the end of it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's just, you know... Are you finished? Yeah. Yeah. Bloody Lulia Leonard. Yeah. Um, so, you but know, it gets I, cheerier as it goes along, doesn't it? Yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Mm. But yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm on board with those two. And, you know, I, I, one hates to say that the generation before them is not as good as ours, mm. but it That's got true. worse, hasn't it? You know, it's music's true. getting worse. It's getting boring. Yeah. And I don't mind saying this, but I saw, you know, I did actually watch but the X Factor the other day. And it's all, everything is very much, you know, whatever you think of that style of music. And I can so, sort of step back from it and see why people like it not me but people you know but it's it's just very safe and dull mm. and mm. obvious and uh, un, unimaginative processed and pro yes 
it's process exactly that. Yeah, it it doesn't feel it doesn't move you on any level. No. The only problem with with Bob Dylan, I think, is sometimes um, when you hear because he's very easily mimicked, impersonated yeah. in a sort of you know in a sort of yeah, fun yeah. sense. Kind of, yeah. As soon as I hear somebody doing an impersonation of somebody who I I've, I've always quite liked up to then, I can never listen to that person again <laughs> because the um, the impersonation, if it's really spot on. Yeah. See, I used to be a big fan of Elvis Costello. Right. But he has got a very distinctive voice. And uh, years ago, Alistair McGowan did an impression of him on his programme. And it was spot on, <laughs> but very cruel. OK. And I've never been able to listen to it. It's sport my... I, I, I definitely file him under not great singers. Yes, but well, he isn't. No, no, he's got a very... He's, he's certainly not technically great singer. He's got a style, but it is quite... You know, shall we say distinctive? Yeah. And now, I, every time I listen to him, I just think, oh, it's Alistair McGowan. <laughs> you know? And a really good impersonator, even mm. if they don't mean to, can actually, you know, really put you off. Right. Because I've in my head, I will always think, always think of that. Mm. Um, that's not good, is it? I've if not somebody experienced makes that point, yet. Somebody makes an observation which is cruel, but actually uncannily accurate. Yeah. It can destroy your love and appreciation <laughs> yes. of something forevermore. That's satire, isn't it? Saturday, December the 2nd. It's the X Factor final. We were talking only only seconds ago, it seems, about the X Factor. Weren't we? It, it actually was seconds ago. It was. Amazing, that. Um, so it's the final. I've hardly, t- I've hardly oh, watched wow. it. I watched a little bit the other night because I think it was either that or Blue Planet and I've gone right off that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's only, it's, it's a bit turtly. It is very turtly. Yeah. Very um, watery. Watery. I don't connect with the water underneath. No. Yeah, I want the land-based stuff. I, I, I now I miss the land-based stuff. I miss the snakes chasing yeah. geese or whatever they were chasing. Wasn't geese, was it? <laughs> so yeah, it's the final. I can't even be on bothered to talk about it beyond that. Is it still at the big arena? Uh, Did you so. arena? I went to it a few years ago. Actually, they invited me and I went along. And it was the year that uh, what's her name? Who was the former prison guard? What's her name? She won it against some guy who was perfectly okay but was never going to win. Yeah. And uh, they, we got tickets at the side of the stage and Katy Perry was on. She she did it. Oh, yeah. Uh, she she won us the, the interval act type of thing mm-hmm. and some other people. I was sort of um, profoundly unmoved by the experience. I bet. I'll be honest. Yeah. Strictly Come Dancing. Uh, it's uh, musicals week. Yep. It's the one where they do... Put oh, on this all... is always all right, isn't it? Yeah. It's okay. It's it's all, It was made to have a musicals week. Yeah. And I think it works quite well. Again, it's an excuse for them to dress up. And again, as I've said, I'm sure I've said before, the thing when they dress up is that I actually struggle to recognise them. Mm. So I actually have to look, hang on a minute, who is that underneath? Because their makeup is is sometimes so intentionally but brilliantly over the top, you mm-hmm. know, with the wigs. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for a wig. Yeah, I you love know, a wig. You know, I'd be hopeless as a sort of witness for a Crime Watch appeal because somebody sticks a wig on, that's it, I can't recognise them. <laughs> Just put a wig on. <laughs> And they do that a lot with these when the dressing up thing happens on the, on Strictly. So there's a wig and a little bit of makeup, and that's it. I'm totally baffled. So I, I'll vote for the wrong person unless they're sort of they're dancing particularly differently from normal. I'll, I'll just vote for the wrong person, and it's a shambles. Yeah, um, <laughs> my uh, lack of understanding of dancing doesn't help. I was going to say you don't you don't know what they're doing in the first place dance wise. We don't. When I say I'll vote, mm. I haven't voted on one of these shows for years. No, neither have, have I. Have you ever voted on one? Can you do it online now? Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you... Yes, yes, you can, Strictly, yeah, you can. Yeah. On the BBC so website. It's even easier to vote, and yet we still don't bother. I just can't... Well, yes, it's not even the, the sort of... What is it? 50 pence? Whatever these things cost. Yeah. I, you know, it's a bit like the I'm a Celebrity thing. You know, I think you go on the app and you can 
vote a number of times. Yeah, no, just, you just don't feel that you're kind of making a I difference. I, I just don't care that much. Yeah. It's not good. It's not, it does not touch my life. No. On any level. No, I know. And I've gone past it. And even if I sort of really, really... Um, there was there was one person um, on Strictly a few years ago that I did go online for free and vote for. Right. But only because she works with uh, a family member and therefore I've had a certain sense of loyalty. Didn't do a blunt, you know, any good at all. It made not a blunt bit of difference. But, right. Um, other than that, no, I just, I, you know, even if I sort of quite enjoy the person performing and what, I, you know, it's just happening. What, what will be will be. And I don't feel as if my vote... Uh, should I b- bother with it? Matters. Certainly doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. No, that's it. That's it. So Sunday, December the third, and it's, it's yet another final. Because if you uh, if you don't want to watch Blue Planet two, where by the way you've got puffins dueling with skewers. Skewers. I I assume that's how it's pronounced. I haven't seen it because, as you know, I've got you know a bit bored with it now. S K U A S. Okay. Is not, that how not, it's, it's got to be pronounced? Skewers. I immediately thought, you know, someone was having a barbecue. Well, exactly. And, you know, so, this is the joke that I'm making in, a, in a funny way. The, I like yeah. the idea of puffins dueling with skewers. Yeah. I can see that. That's got that's kind of, kind of like a. It, it, it sort of um, conjures up an interesting image, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I like that. And if it were that, I might watch it. But instead, I'm going to watch Robot Wars. It's the uh, grand oh, final. Yeah, that's quite funny, isn't it? That's lots of metallic things uh, crashing into each other. Yeah. It, but, but do you know what? We've come back to robots. This, Again. this has been an AI-themed, yeah, robotic-themed... The, the only thing I think now is that these robots are quite old-fashioned robots, in yeah, a sense, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. These are sort of... Heath sort Robinson of ro- affairs, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. They're created to just be destructive. Mm. So they're not created to think or to have emotions or to sort of, you know, cook the meal for us. They yeah. are just there to crash into one another. And you wouldn't want to have sex with the Robot Wars robots, would you? That's for sure. I don't know. A few pints. <laughs> yeah. Ten no, pints. Probably not. Although, you just, can you imagine how much you regret that in the morning? Um, <laughs> if there was a morning. If there was a morning, yes. Which which is every chance... If, if It depends if it was Sir Killalot. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be no future beyond that. But, yeah. So, so I would imagine, maybe, when the robots take over, which I think we've, all, we've effectively agreed that they will do within, what, a year? So yeah, it'll actually be uh, human wars, and it'll be robots. Each robot will have their own human that they send into the uh, arena, yes, to do battle, mm. and it's the last human standing. God, and then scary, it's then it'll just look like Peaky Blinders, and a... we've sort of come full circle. <laughs> we'll be kind of puppets, won't we, for these robots? We're going to be puppets on so so many levels within a couple of years. Yeah, the Christmas schedules, will, TV schedules, will be drawn up by robots. Yeah, and it'll be mostly roboty. Programs. Robot-y It'll be programs um, that are, are effectively just by robots for robots, um, <laughs> such as um, well, obviously, Robot Wars will, will no longer no. Feel. That will look back in generations to come and think, what an appalling you know generation it was that allowed these robots to fight mm. like brutes in mm. an arena. Uh, you know, no no respect. You know, thank goodness that you know progressive society is. Uh, you know, allowed us to move on for that and seen that for the wrong thing Indeed. that it was. Am I talking crap? No. Okay. So Robot Wars, uh, which you obviously won't want to miss, 8 o'clock Sunday night, December the 3rd, is the final BBC Two. That was episode three of Telly.Click. You can subscribe for free at Telly.Click. 